You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey. Hey. Hey, welcome... Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Uh, we are we are recording. It's a beautiful October day. I'm, it's it's early in the morning. I got hot, hot cocoa, and I'm talking to Heather Shoemaker. What could be better, Heather? What are we talking about today? We're talking about how to make the moms and dads and all these caring grown-ups go away and get out of their kids' <laughs> play space sometimes. Um, yeah, we're talking about how to get the grown-ups to go away. I, I, this, I see this all the time, especially I, I take grandbaby to the playground, you know, and, and the parents, or, or children's museums, I see it happening there too. Uh, the parents just hover, and it, it really gets in the way of kids' opportunities to interact with their peers and to make their own choices and and really adult hovering there's a there's a lot of reasons we should try to try to step back a little bit huh well and you mentioned public places i'm even thinking in the home you know if if you're home and your kids are with you um you know try not to be their main playmate all the time um, a lot of people feel, especially when they have the, the young kids, that their job is to entertain the child all day long and, and interact and stimulate them. And, boy, your kids don't need to be stimulated all the time. They certainly don't need to be entertained all the time. Um, especially, as an adult, especially by you. I, well, exactly. <laughs> I, as an adult, I feel I'm, I'm a rather playful adult. Uh-huh. But... Um, the type of play that interests a very young child often bores me to tears. Despite that, I I prefer the, the older kid kind of play. So I remember many long days with the very young ones being, uh, you know, feeling that tedium creep in when they're fascinated stacking the block and knocking it down or whatever it is over and over. That's not necessarily the grown-up's cup of tea. So uh-huh. if you're feeling yourself bored, that's a sign that, you're not doing maybe what you should be doing. You can still take care of the child um, without actively interacting at all moments as far as playing with them. Is this kind of a recent thing? I mean, I don't remember this being a thing back when, when I was a kid. Is, is, is this kind of a recent invention of, of, of parents, this, this adult hovering? invention, but I do think it's, it's sort of a, a more of a recent pressure that the adults feel like to be a good parent, this is what I ought to be doing, and why am I not enjoying myself? <laughs> and, and why does my kid seem unable then to play by herself or by himself? Yeah, I, I just don't feel like in 1832 there were a lot of adults hovering over, over, over the kids while they were, were, <laughs> were playing. I think well, I thought it that was... has a lot to do with economic structure. And, you know, if you're, if you're milking the cow and washing the dishes and, you know, out in the garden is not time. doing whatever job it is you're doing, yeah. or sometimes going off to a job and leaving your child, you know, in the older days you did whatever you had to do. Now that we have jobs that are a little bit different, 
we 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 have that have free the time to, of being around. We have this, uh, the free time. good for kids. Yeah, the free time to make this a worry. So how if 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 that's the habit we've created for ourselves of of being their source of entertainment, how do we how do we go about changing things? Right. Well, that that's that's what we're going to talk about because I think a lot of people have found themselves in this. I, I must um, be my child's playmate, and she won't play by herself, yeah. or she won't play with other kids unless I'm right there. And so, first, we just need a confidence boost on all sides. That yes, your child is capable of um, figuring out what she needs to do at that moment. As far as maybe she needs to rest and stare at the ceiling, it's uh-huh. okay. <laughs> yeah, she could be looking like she's doing nothing. And maybe that's exactly what she needs right now. Uh-huh. So don't worry if they're not um, on the path to amazing science discoveries <laughs> at any moment. Sometimes this amazing downtime is exactly what needs to feed the child's soul. Or maybe she's thinking of something, and you have no idea what's going on inside that head. And so, I mean, that looks like boredom. Um, and I think that's that's a, a state more kids maybe need to experience the the idea of i need to be here and think um about what yeah, i'm going to do called, it's called the beauty of wandering minds yeah so when um some people will ask how do you get your book ideas well i get it by letting my mind just wander it usually happens when i'm doing nothing you know how ideas come to you in mm-hmm. the shower or walking the dog um or physical activity, just doing something. Yeah. And it's the same with, with, with all age humans. Ideas come to us when we're, we have time to be ourselves and, and not be um, expected to do something all the time by other people. So that, that's one thing. And, and some people, of course, will get worried. The adults will get worried when the child is apparently doing nothing. Uh-huh. But other times we dread the words, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're dreading that. And the first reaction these days might be pop in a video or give them a screen. Because, face it, adults have a lot of things they need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel, even if we're at-home parents or semi-at-home parents, we still feel as if we, we're really at home with them, but still we have a lot we need to get done that's really not in the child's realm. And so we feel like we need to occupy them while we're getting these adult things done. But we don't really need to occupy them. Yeah, they can they can figure out themselves. So what's the what's the response? What's the go to response to I'm bored, Heather? Well, just trust the child and let them know you trust them and say, Wow, sounds like you're not sure what to do right now. I know you'll find something. And then not say anything more. Um <laughs> Well, I had I had a child home yesterday, you know, who was uh-huh. who was sick, but not not so sick that he couldn't be bored. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, usually when he's home, his brother's around, or you know, I'm not necessarily at work, but it was a work day for me, and he was home, and so he was a bit of at a loose end, and he would wander in, and sometimes his voice was getting anxious because he didn't know what, what to do. do? Uh huh. But I, I just. But I know you'll find something, and I need to do this right now. And then, you know, I heard some unhappy noises for a bit. (laughs) 
And then 45 minutes later, he'd come in, he'd gone off and found something. Exactly, and yeah. And, and hey, hey, parents out there, caregivers out there, because this happens in early learning programs all the time as well. Um, adults, uh, when you, if, if this isn't the normal habit, if that's not the normal response to I'm bored and you do this for the first time, they're going to do, there's going to be some variation of, of tilting their head to the, the side and staring at you with their mouth open like, like the world has just fallen apart for them because they're so used to, to the, the other reaction you're giving them. And your, your job there is just to kind of take a breath and, and let it sit. And, and they will, like, like Heather's son, they'll, they'll figure it out. And if it's a radical departure from what you've been doing, it's fair enough to give them warning at a time when they're not bored and say, you know, this is going to this, this is going to be, a new be thing. different now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's okay if you've done it one way to, to make an announcement and answer their questions and just keep that inner confidence, even if you're not feeling it, because they are wired to play. They may be out of practice. I think that. Uh huh. You know, I've seen kids who honestly don't know what to do because they've been told what to do all the time, or adults have always been available to play with them. Yeah. Now, this, of course, is harder if you have an only child. If you have an older child who, you know, there's maybe a baby or there's, there's not a, another sibling around, it can be harder if there's one kid in an adult household. But single children have existed since the dawn of time, and they have, they have found ways to play while adults did what adults do. Um, doesn't mean you can't ever play with your kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it shouldn't be the go-to. And I, we've gotten to this idea that a good parent entertains a child. So really so much good stuff happens when the child is not adult-dominated. I was just reading an article that's been going around the Internet about a, um, um, it's a New York Times um, magazine story, I think, about a family that has... Um, very risky play in their backyard, you know, jumping off roofs kind of play. But the, the, the point of the article was that um, parents never go away these days. Mm-hmm. And that if you think back to your childhood, the times that you had some of the best play with your buddies was when there were no adults around, and when the adult walked into the room, you clammed up yeah. and waited for them to go away again. And we need to be providing those opportunities at all different ages so that kids can do what they're meant to do, think their thoughts, interact with their peers, um, without the adults listening in, looking in, and, and being there all the time. Yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe this is a little bit blunt, but as, as, as a parent, one of your hopes is that someday they grow up and go away. Um, I mean, you love them, but you, you want them to to spread their wings and go off into the world. And these little bits of alone time going off and playing by themselves or playing with a sibling away from you is is really, from very early ages, practice for, for that not always being with you. Um, and, and that's a good thing when, when, when the parent, the adult, is always always the center of attention and always has their top hat on and is, is directing the circus, there's, there's not the opportunity to practice that, that separation that's so important. Right. It's, it's age-dependent independence. Yeah, yeah. It, it's age-appropriate independence. And so the kids at these ages, they need you around. I mean, if you have a two-year-old in the house, you know, you need to be around. But that doesn't mean you need to be on top of them. Um, sometimes um, you can do an activity in parallel play. I mean, uh-huh. kids understand parallel play. So if you need to be 
gardening or cooking or whatever the activity is that you need to be doing, um, paying the bills, they you can invite them to be near you, but they need to be doing their own thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, right here in 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 my my upstairs studio, right here. I've got I got a big room where I've got all my play stuff, my recording stuff, and and other stuff I work on with projects and and grandbaby. Eight foot away from me, he's got her own little her own little office set up with all her all her uh, loose parts for uh, taping and gluing and and painting and all that kind of stuff. And I'll be here working at my at my desk on something, and she'll be eight feet away doing her own thing. Um, and 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 it's good because we're we're close to each other, and we can have a conversation. Or if she needs assistance, I'm there. But mostly, we're we're both doing our own our own thing, and and it, it's just comfortable. Yeah, that's that's something, um, that kind of confidence you have in her that she can do that next to you and you can do your own thing is something not everybody um, has experienced. And, and so we're here to tell you today, yes, it is yeah. possible. Not only is it possible, but it's good for your child and it's good for you. For the adult point of view, one, you get a lot more done, uh-huh. so you're less stressed. <laughs> um, you're getting your own needs met and not being bored yourself with, some of the um, kid interactions, because yes, they're lovable and adorable, but they can also be boring. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the truth. Um, And so you're getting your own emotional needs met and your own, um, you know, work, whatever your your type of work for that day Uh is, you're getting those things done and taken care of. So you're feeding your own soul and, and, and helping yourself. And when you get those things crossed off your list and when you're getting your own emotional needs met, then you are a better, you're in a better position to parent that child so that when you are having more interaction with the child, either coping with her emotions or actually playing together or reading together, going on a walk together, whatever you're doing actively with her, you're in a better frame of mind for parenting because you've got your own needs met. Yeah, so it's just- healthy. Just more tuned in, more focused, more more in the moment. Right. And for the child, the, the benefits are almost endless. They know you're, you're nearby. If they need you, they can come get you. Um, or sometimes they can even see you, depending uh-huh. how close you are. But they're, they're given a chance to explore their own ideas and meet the world on their own terms. So if they're feeling in a fast-paced bit of life, then they can zip around and move their bodies. If they're feeling slower, they can flop around. Um, they can think their own thoughts. They can experiment with a, um, you know, whatever it is they're playing with in a way that it, only their brain is going to think of and not how it's supposed to be or how someone else is directing it. Um, and they're gaining an idea that, oh, I can be on my own. This is, they talk about the idea of loneliness. A lot of us feel lonely as, as adults, as kids. And if you feel lonely, um, I think it's something to do with not being comfortable being alone. You mm-hmm. don't have to if you're if you're comfortable with that part of yourself that I can cope with being on my own. It's different than being lonely and you're less likely to to actually have the painful lonely feelings if you feel okay about some degree of separation. So for parents who are saying, "Well, my child just won't tolerate this. They will not play away from me, this sounds great, but it just won't work for my kid. Take small steps. You can have them set up, let's say if you're in the kitchen because everybody has to eat, you can have Play-Doh where they are, you know, pounding Play-Doh at the counter and you are cooking at the counter. It can be parallel play like Mm -hmm. that. Um, 
And it can also be where you try it for five minutes and you say, I am going to be in this room and doing whatever it is. You could be reading a book. You can, you can be pretending to read the book and actually freaking out inside. <laughs> but tell your child, I am going to be in the next room or I'm going to be outside and I will come back and check on you and this is where I'll be if you need me. And then actually leave them and, and don't come back until your five minutes is up and then extend it so it's ten minutes. And get them used to the idea gradually that, yes, you can be physically separate and the world will not end. This is small steps that you can both take to make it work. And, I mean, this can start as early as infancy. Taking a couple steps away from the, the, the happy baby is, is, is not child abuse. It's not child neglect. It's, it's uh, you're, you're, you're within an arm's reach and you're within earshot and you can be there in, in two seconds if something, something uh, if goes wrong. I don't know what that would be. But I, I, I think this starts, the, 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 the bad habit of making ourselves the center of their universe, the center of attention, the, the circus clown um, starts really early. So for new parents, this is something they can start practicing when, when the baby's a, a baby. Right. And a lot of kids want our, um, they prefer our full attention or our non-attention to this kind of permanent state of semi-attention. Uh-huh. It, it's, we feel like we're home all day, you know, for parents who are home all day, we feel like we're home all day with the kids, and so they're getting me all the time. Well, a lot of the time they're not. Maybe you're on your phone, maybe you're doing some work, maybe you're whatever it is, and you're kind of mm-hmm-ing and ah and fitting things in around them. So it can be good just to have some special time with the child. Now we're going to do your own thing. It could be 20 minutes a day. It can be half an hour. It can be 15 minutes. But just I'm going to do, it's your time now. I'm going to do whatever you'd like to do, and then try not to direct the play, but have the child decide um, what the roles are and so on. But they prefer having some full attention and then knowing that you're not going to pay attention to them for a while rather than this hazy, um, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. sort of in-between that, stage because that's hard for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as we talk about this, one one thing that I... If, if you are a parent and this is the being the center of attention and and orchestrating your child's day and play is the norm in your your community in your peer group and you decide you're going to break out of this that's going to how do you how what language do you use to explain this new approach to those other parents who are going to be looking at you and judging you when you sit down uh, at the playground or take three steps back at the children's museum or the zoo, because uh, that is it's going to happen. And I know parents struggle with that that look they're getting from the other parent. Any any advice on that side of things, Heather? Well, I think there's two levels of it. One is if if it's your neighborhood or your the the, the families that you hang around with the most. Um, you can talk about it with, with people you're going to see regularly and just open the conversation and say, hey, you know, I don't think moms go away anymore. Do you remember all the fun you had as a kid when mom or dad wasn't looking? And just open up the conversation, and I think the stories will pour out. So you can make some changes that way among the people you see all the time. Um, if you're talking about strangers in a public space, yeah, you're not going to have those deep conversations, probably. Um, but 
know that even though you may see some judging eyes, they're going to be judging you no matter what you do. So you might as well do what's right for <laughs> you and your child. Exactly. Just so it's just so in the, in those situations, you just grow thicker skin. Well, I think that's part of it, and yeah. also take heart that sometimes the people who are looking at you in, in what you might interpret as a critical way are actually thinking, oh. "Huh, that parent over there isn't right on top of their kid. Maybe I could do that yeah. too." The seed gets planted, and you may not realize how many people you're inspiring because they may not ever talk to you about yeah, it. Yeah. But um, I know I watch what other parents do, and I, I think, oh, maybe I could try that if it seems like a really good thing. So um, it's not always um, a negative criticism. Sometimes it's just looking at you with a, a an interesting eye to say, hmm, what yeah. an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up, I want to throw this in there for center people, too. Um, this this adult being the center of attention thing happens in early learning programs way too much. It happens inside and outside. And, and in my presentations, when we're talking about play, I, I always advocate for the adults in the room stepping back, taking taking two or three steps backwards and, and sitting down so you're, so you're not this big looming shadow on, on the horizon because it really does free children up in, in those settings to, to take more ownership of their, of their play and learning as well. And in and it doesn't mean that you're you're not paying attention to health and safety issues. It means you're just you're allowing them some space, the same kind of space many of us had when we were growing up. And that's kind of been the norm for, for human children as long as there've been human children. Anything else we should throw in here before we wrap it up? Yeah, I just wanted to mention if this is something that you're really struggling with and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I just can't do this given the child I have um, check out It's Okay to Go Up the Slide. That's my second book because I have a whole chapter called Families Are Not Entertainment Centers, <laughs> and it gives ideas, multiple ideas, of how to help kids unhook from your constant attention and help them feel safe and help you feel comfortable um, because it's not, it's not something you instantly change overnight, but you can take steps um, and then take more steps so that you, you eventually find a balance that's really healthy for everybody, and I think you'll be inspired by how good it feels on all sides. Yeah, a lot, lots of good, a lot, lots more detail and, and and ideas in that chapter of the book. And you know, after you read the book, go to go to Amazon and and write a review because um, that that helps with book sales and helps other people um, know what's going on inside the book. And that's that's just a, a nice thing that you could do. Um, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. And uh, take a step back, let the kids go play, and you have a cup of coffee, have a glass of wine, depending on what time of day it is. Enjoy yourselves. Thanks, people. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.